Hi guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can uh, as we continue to serve uh, our Lord. Again, we have a couple special guests on the podcast today, but before um, I introduce them or they introduce themselves, remember you can find the podcast on uh, Instagram. You can just look up my name, Jordan Pugh. You should find it uh, along with my personal profile there. Uh, You can also find it uh, under my personal profile on Facebook, and you can also listen on YouTube and watch, subscribe there as well. And also, if you have any questions or or suggestions, uh, you can do it on any social media, on any platform. Uh, you can find when the scriptures become real. Also, it is on uh, Spotify, wherever you can find your podcast. So again, like I mentioned before, uh, we have a couple of special guests on the podcast. So we have more than one this time. So I'm going to ask uh, Ben to introduce himself first, and then uh, we'll go with a familiar face uh, next. So Ben, go on and introduce yourself to everybody. What's up, everybody? My name is Ben McDonald. Um, I'm 28 years old. I'm a 2014 graduate of Freed Hardeman University uh, with a bachelor's in exercise science. And then I went back to Freed and got my master's, um, got my MBA in healthcare uh, management, finished that up in December of 2018. And now I work with SSM Health, which is a big healthcare system based out of St. Louis here. Um, I'm a member at the Church of Christ that meets in Forestdale, Missouri. Uh, which is about 40 or 50 miles or so west of St. Louis. Um, so, of course, I worship there, and, and I'm involved in several of the works we have going on in the congregation there. And I did want to say something to the to the listeners, that, but you might have heard something that, or, you know, and you'd be correct in hearing this, that I didn't say anything about being a Bible major while I was at Freed. Um, I didn't go to preaching school. Um, I mean, I'm not a preacher in the same sense that these guys are, but, um, and I don't necessarily have, the intention to do those things, at least in the near future. Um, so I'm not a pulpit minister. I'm not an associate minister, not a youth minister, um, but I'm a Christian, a uh, Christian that really loves to study God's word and uh, strives to live according to his word, you know, each and every day to the best of my ability. Of course, you guys know, you know, we all fall short of that more times than we'd like to admit, but I'm super excited to be on these podcasts with these guys. Um, they're two of my closest friends. Uh, we grew up together. And um, known him for a real long time. I guess it was camp, right, guys? The yeah. Gateway Bible Camp is really how we met. So. Um, I was so. thinking about it yesterday, and boys, we're getting up there. Uh, it's about 20 years. <laughs> it's about now. here. <laughs> so, uh, Jordan, me and Jordan started at camp about the same time together. So, what were we, nine or 10 or so? Yeah, I think like nine. And of course, um, Caleb's dad was a director at the time. So, he was always running around. He's a few years younger than us. So, he eventually came up through the ranks as a camper. Um, so, over the years, we just come real close and really good friends and I've really grown to love and, and respect both of them and their families and, and the love that they have for the Lord and the, the work that they continue to do for his kingdom. So I just couldn't be more happy to, to be here. Yep. And then we also have uh, Caleb back again. So he, <laughs> I know they know you, Caleb, but you can say a little bit about yourself again too. Now, what's up everybody. Just glad to be back on the podcast again. My name is Caleb <coughs> Rutherford. <clears throat> I think most of my listeners know, I don't know Jordan, if your listeners know this or not, but we will be moving late April, early May uh, to Pulaski, Tennessee, about an hour south of Nashville to work with the East Hill Church of Christ. Uh, I'll be working as the associate minister there. Uh, So that's a big change going up for us in the next couple of months. But not much has changed since last time, but I certainly appreciate being on the podcast with Ben and with Jordan. These two guys are like Ben said, we're we're close we're close friends. These two guys are my closest friends. Um, And I, I, I go to battle any day with these guys and I appreciate them and their love and their zeal for the Lord. And when I kind of, uh, Actually, Caleb and I, you know, I knew I had the podcast on with Ben, 
But then Caleb, we talked about, and Caleb said, hey, can I get in on that? <laughs> so, you know, we kind of had three. Uh, but, you know, I kind of call this kind of the, the legendary podcast here. Um, <laughs> just because Ben kind of hit on it. It's so good to see that, you know, you got two preachers here, but Ben, obviously he didn't go to school and he, you know, uh, wasn't trained at preaching school. But Ben, I would argue he knows <laughs> just as much as we do. And that's from, that's from study. You know, that's from him uh, learning and teaching and growing. And Ben, you know, he always asks questions and, and everything. So, I, you know, it's good for people to see that, you know, you don't have to go to preaching school to get this knowledge. You know, the main thing that you need to have is what all three of us try to um, exemplify. You need to love God. And I think uh, you'll see throughout the, the rest of his podcast, um, you see that Ben loves God and you already know that Caleb does too um, as well. So hopefully you guys enjoy uh, this podcast. So kind of the introduction, guys, is <clears> – <throat> you know, are my standards uh, too high? That's kind of the, the kind of the big umbrella. And we're going to have kind of talk about some sub points underneath that. Um, but you know, you, you think about um, dating, you think about marriage, you think about being with a significant other, everybody always has the idea or image uh, that they want to fall in love with somebody. Obviously, everybody heard the, the cliche, you know, I want a Disney, I want a Disney love story, right? I want to be the prince. I need a princess. I need all that stuff, right? And so throughout the years, as you grow up and as you watch these Disney movies, you start making your own personal checklist. And so you watch Aladdin. Ooh, I want a girl like Jasmine, though. And you watch Cinderella. Okay, Belle's not bad either. <laughs> then you start, you start forming your own personal checklist of what you want your princess to be like because you've seen all that growing up, right? So in today's podcast, what we're going to talk about is um, having a, a high spiritual standard, but also having that high spiritual standard stay within the realm of reality, something that can actually happen. And so I think this is going to be um, a cool perspective because it's from three best friends that have grown up together, uh, two that are single and one that is married. So you can kind of see it in this podcast from both perspectives, from the single side and then from the, uh, from the married side. So Ben, I kind of want to start off with you and then I'll kind of pass the question off to you, Caleb. Did you ever, or do you ever find yourself uh, making kind of unrealistic standards when it comes to finding a mate? I mean, you know, that's a, it's a real good question. I mean, I think a lot of times if I'm, if I'm going to be honest with myself, you know, you have to think, you know, a lot of times, yes, I did. Um, but of course, you know, and different people have different stories. So there's different reasons um, for that. Like, me, you know, me personally, um, I've always looked at it of you. And like I said, sometimes, you know, to a fault, but, um, you know, you never want to settle, you know, we yeah. hear that all the time. You never want to settle. And, um, and especially and most importantly, spiritually, uh, you don't want to settle spiritually. So, but again, that's when you fight that battle of, as you said, putting those unrealistic expectations out there. Um, but for me, I think I've, I've thought about a lot, you know, don't settle. And I've, and I've said this before, and I've said this to you guys before, but you know, you got one shot at this thing. So you really got to make it count. And, yeah. but sometimes you can be um, ultra critical, if you will. Um, and I think it comes really from putting maybe a standard on somebody else that you don't necessarily hold yourself to. Yeah. And that's going to be, that's really the biggest battle uh, you have to fight. Um, but it's this idea of not settling. Sometimes we get trapped by that. Um, and we're, we're afraid of, those hardships that might come with marriage and, and for a good reason. But I think just many times that, like I said, we find ourselves putting those unrealistic things for the fear of, I don't want to say failure, but for the fear of 
the things not being like you said the, the Disney cookie cutter relationship. Right. So like for me personally, you know, I, I have of course you guys know my situation with my parents. You know, my dad's really my stepdad. He's been divorced, and of course his um, ex-wife has since been restored. So everything is good and on that front for sure. But but I've seen what it what divorce does to families, and I've seen. Um, and from a unique perspective in the sense of I wasn't the kid going from house to house. Right. Right. Um, I saw the one side of it and, and I've heard my dad say this many times, but he wouldn't wish that on his worst enemy. And so I think so I've taken that to heart. And so, you know, so many times in my life I've looked at that and said, you know, I just, I cannot and do not want to make that and not even mistakes. It wasn't a mistake that they made as far as getting married, but I don't want to, you're so afraid of that happening that you don't take a chance and you do put those, you know, unrealistic expectations out there. Yeah. And then Caleb, you know, I kind of asked you the same question, but you know, and Caleb's the one that's married out of the two of us. So kind of before you met Kaylin, um, and I was there with you kind of during MSLP, but I didn't kind of know what you were thinking at the time, but did you ever find yourself kind of making that unrealistic standard um, that we can make? I think like, like Ben said, yeah, sometimes you do. Um, and I, but, and I think you two grew up this, this way as well, but I think you, but all of our parents did a good job in showing us Ben, like you said, you know, obviously the spiritual things are are primarily first and foremost, foremost, those are, those are the things that you look for in someone above all else. And so I think that, you know, I think so many times people get, like you said, people get in, in, in their mind, especially for guys that you're going to look for this girl who has, you know, blonde hair and blue eyes, she's, you know, five foot eight or whatever, you know, whatever physical characteristics. And you just have to have those things. And you get so focused on like the physical attributes that you kind of lose the spiritual aspect of things. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's very important for us to make sure we don't do that. Um, and that the spiritual things do stay, you know, where they should be. And that being first and foremost. And I think that, you know, when you, when you look at someone who, when you're looking at someone and you're, and you're, you're thinking, am I going to, am I going to date this person? Am I going to marry this person? Look, you know, look at how they live their lives. Look at, look at how they study the Bible. Look at how, um, do, do they go to worship? Do they do all of these different things that they're supposed to be doing? Um, and I think that's so important for us to, to keep in mind when we go out looking, you know, in kind of this, you know, choosing process that we don't, <clears throat> that we don't, I think so many times we can, people talk about, you know, you put your, your, your standards so high, but I think, you know, when spiritually speaking, I don't think you really can do that. I yeah. don't think you can yeah. put your spiritual characteristics to a level to where they're unattainable. Um, and I think when you do that, when, when you when you say that you can do that, I think that's where you begin to mess up and you begin to look in other places and think, well, it'll be okay. I'll help them and I'll teach them. And that very well may be true. And if that's the case, then great. I'm happy for you. But more often than not, first Corinthians 1533, mm-hmm. it stays true. Um, and so I, I just think it's, it's very important for us to make sure that, um, you know, we keep those spiritual things in, in, at, at that place where they should be in our lives, um, as, as we go about looking for, for someone to marry. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, you know, also when we talk about this topic, guys, I think it's good to actually, uh, look at certain relationships in the scripture to see how things worked. So again, you know, for our listeners, I want you guys to, like we say before in my podcast and Caleb's podcast. We want you guys to open up the Bible to the scriptures where we're turning to. And I want you guys to look at this, you know, not just our opinions, but we want to look at, you know, certain relationships in the scripture here. And so I think um, the first relationship guy, and I know you and I talked about it just for a second, Ben, uh, the other day, uh, but I think it's a good thing to look through um, 
a, a relationship that kind of had its had its rocky moments and its good moments as well. So we mentioned uh, Jacob and Rachel, and also you know we had Lee in there as well. So uh, I know you had something there, Ben. I think that's uh, Genesis twenty nine, I believe, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Genesis twenty nine. Um, and real real quick before we jump into that, I just kind of had a point to bounce off of Caleb with what he said too. You know, your standards, I agree with them completely. That you, you'll never set them too high. Right. I think it's also important that um, we hold ourselves to that same standard, though. Absolutely. You know, we can never set those too high for us. And right. so I really like what he said about, you know, not that it can happen. And, you know, we're, we're thankful to the Lord when it does um, someone teach and be able to bring someone, you know, to the Lord, bring someone up, if you will, rather than being drugged down. But it's hard. It's, yeah, it's hard. So I think that's why you look. You look for someone, and we might hit on this more later, but I just don't want to forget it. But one thing my dad always told me as far as when looking for a spouse, he just said, um, find someone who loves God more than they love you. Absolutely. He said, and you be that person that loves God more than you love your spouse. And if mm-hmm. both of those things are true, you'll never have re- you know, real problems. We're human. We're going to have problems. He's like, but you never really have a problem because everyone's doing uh, what they're supposed to do. So I like that about Caleb in the sense of what he said about, you know, your standards can't be too high, but we have to make sure and hold ourselves to that same thing. Yeah. But as far as um, Genesis 29 goes, you know, of course we had that story with um, Jacob and, and Leah and Rachel. And I was telling Caleb, I was joking around with Jordan about this, that I had all this stuff written down before I watched your episode on the Lord is my shepherd. And so a couple <laughs> of these things I had written down, y'all had mentioned in your last podcast, <laughs> but I promise that, uh, I had these written down before that, but anyway, I think it applies here and certainly kind of applies in a, in a different way. And there's really two things I want to gather from this, uh, from this section of scripture, but for those who may be unfamiliar, we won't, you can turn there if you want, but we won't really go through detail as far as verses, but you know, we see that Jacob's going into this land and he sees and he desires Rachel. And so he, he essentially meets, meets up with Laban, who is Rachel's father and actually Jacob's uncle. And they, they make a deal. Um, their deal being that you know, Jacob would work seven years for Laban in order to be able to marry uh, Rachel. And of course they do that. Uh, he works those seven years. And then we find out that Laban uh, deceives Jacob and gives him Leah instead. And of course, when Jacob approaches him, he simply just responds with, it's our custom that we can't give the younger uh, before the older. And so, um, and so then we know that Jacob then made, another deal, if you will, to make, to work another seven years. Of course, we know that from the scripture, he was able to still marry Rachel at that point, but then he just had to work uh, seven more years. But like I said, there's two points I want to make from that. The first one is we talk about finding someone. um, And I think we're going to get into this deeper, probably a little bit later, but the right person is really worth the wait. Mm. You know, if we think about that with, with Jacob, right? Jacob was willing to work 14 years. Now, granted, he only had to wait, if you will, for seven, but he was willing to work 14 years for Rachel. Now, I realize people in that day lived a lot longer than we do, <laughs> but that's, that's half of my life. I mean, 14 years is literally half of my life. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time, but to Jacob, it was worth it. And that's yeah. kind of the point you guys brought out in your last podcast was that, you know, when it's something you choose to do, you're, it's joyful. Yeah. Right, it's joyful. And what was there in verse 20, you know, you mm-hmm. mentioned it last week, you know, those seven years felt just as a few days. So, and I think we're going to, we'll probably get into that a little bit more later. So I don't want to, don't want to really drill it down here, but that's the first point I wanted to bring about was that the right person is worth the wait. But number two 
is this idea about God's plan. And again, I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more uh, later, but I really, and I was talking with Jordan about this and it's really just kind of hit me. You know, you guys know every time you read scripture, no matter how many times you read it, yeah. you always learn something new and something yeah. different. Um, but we think about God's plan and, you know, we're a people of, of plan, right? We like, we want everything to be organized and we want control. We want to plan things. We don't want things to go not according to our plan. Cause then, you know, we're out of control. Right. So when we think of God's plan and you know, we think of this idea of his plan, but think about this story, you know, Jacob had a plan, didn't he? He had a plan that he was going to work seven years for Rachel. He's going to marry her and then they were going to you know, live happily ever after. Well, then what happened? Something didn't go according to a plan. So then he has to work another seven years and he has a second wife from it. Um, and of course we know we read in the scripture that, you know, Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah. And so you have to think about it. If we look at it from the other side though, think about Leah, you know, Leah wasn't a part of Jacob's plan. She wasn't a part of Jacob's plan, but she was a part of God's plan. And I say that if we really think about that, like, you know, she bore six of his 12 sons. That's crazy. She bore, she bore Levi, you know, the tribe of Moses and Aaron and the priests. Uh, she bore Judah, the tribe which our Lord, you know, Jesus Christ comes from. So she certainly had a role in God's plan, you know. And so without her, um, without her seed, you know, that really doesn't happen. But we know that the same thing is for, for us, right? God has a plan, you know, for us. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11, you know. I, yeah. I love looking at – to have, says the Lord. It, like you said, Ben, I love looking at uh, chapter 29 because – and I don't know if your parents told you this, but they, they're always telling me this. It's like, well, it's going to – because right now I'm in, the, I'm in the position where I'm looking, but I'm not. So, like, you know, I'm not out there, you know, trying to do something every Friday night, every Saturday, you know, but if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, you know, I've got other stuff to do. Right. But they'll also say, you know, it's going to happen, you know, when you least expect it. And so you think about, uh, you know, Jacob here, you know, obviously he wasn't expecting, you know, Leah, you know, when he pulls the, pulls the veil over, but it's her. But then, like you mentioned, he's willing to wait for, for Rachel, you know, you got to think about this, guys, though. That always kind of blows my mind where it says seven years seem but a few days. Mm-hmm. Bruh, two years at the Memphis School of Preaching seem like 18 years sometimes. Right. How can seven years seem like a f- he really must have loved this girl, right? Yeah. And so that kind of goes into your point, Ben, with, with patience and waiting on the Lord. If you do it, if you wait the right way, it can actually be joyful. But as singles, you know, we can also wait and it can be terrible because of our outlook on how things are happening for us right now. Right. You know, Proverbs 19 verse 21 says, there are many plans in a man's heart, but nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Yeah. So no matter how much we, you know, try and plan our life out and, and certainly there's value in planning your life out, you know, we should. Um, but again, that's in full submission uh, to God's plan. But just like in this situation here, even for us, we know that God can turn any situation into good. Right. 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 Well, two things. And to your, to your last point there, Ben, that you made, I think oftentimes people try to run ahead of God's plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And you look at, um, look at, um, uh, Abraham, Abraham and Sarah and and the, 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 the promised son and how Isaac was taking, you know, 
in, in his eyes forever to get there. And so what did he do? He improvised and look what happened. Not good, nothing good came out of that situation. And so oftentimes we try to run ahead of the plan that God has laid out for us. Um, but obviously I think about Isaiah forty thirty one. they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mm-hmm. And so it's this idea of waiting on the Lord, but so often we don't want to wait on the Lord because we think that everything needs to be done in our time. And so I think that can relate to in the sense that when you're looking for someone to marry, I think you can get so impatient that you're thinking, God, why are you not placing this person in my life? And then you can get to the point where you end up just ruining everything. And you, like Ben, you said, you know, don't settle. You can end up settling in, in a situation like that or end up just, you know, just not living the right kind of life. And so I think that there's a point to be made that, you know, oftentimes we run ahead of the plan that God has for us. Um, but then number two, I, like you mentioned, I think it's about when you mentioned about Leah, I think it's such a good point to make because I think a lot of people also think that there's like, they have no significance in life. They have no plan. There's nothing good for them. And like you said, I'm sure Leah at some point had to have felt that Yeah, wasn't picked. Um, and she, but then she had, she got stuck in the marriage anyway. And then she knew that Rachel was loved more. So, I mean, I, I can't even imagine, you know, the situation, the horrible situation that she's been put in. Um, but like Ben pointed out, um, the, the priest, the priest came from her lineage and then also Christ came from her lineage. And so, you know, she ends up being one of the, I don't, not necessarily unsung heroes of the old Testament, but someone who nesses, who plays an absolutely significant role, yeah. um, in, in continuing on with the lineage of Christ. And so I think that, you know, oftentimes we can think, well, there's no one out there for me. There, nothing good is going to happen to me. I just, I, I just can't do anything right. And, you know, nothing's good coming from me, but you can see from Leah that, God has a plan for everyone, but to our first point, we have to be patient enough to allow God's plan to work. And, you know, we have to be able to trust in him that it's going to happen. Yeah. And you brought up that, that concept of, uh, of waiting the hardest part. I I just watched a documentary, you know, obviously he, you know, he just passed away with Kobe, Mm -hmm. um, but I watched his, uh, his muse documentary. And what he said was, he said, a lot of people don't know, but he said like the first two or three years in the league, he was on the bench, mm-hmm. wasn't playing at all. But, you know, he said the hardest part was looking at all of his friends starting, scoring 40 a night, playoff teams, winning championships. He's over there sitting sitting on the bench doing absolutely nothing. Right. But he said, you know, with patience, he said it, it teaches you uh, it teaches you a certain discipline that nothing else can, especially when you see other people succeeding when you want to be where they are. And so I think the same concept goes with, um, with spiritual things as well, if you think about it, because what was Sarah at the time? She was impatient. Well, everyone else is having kids. God said years ago that you would have a child. Where's that child at now? Well, why well, I have this handmade Hagar. All right, we'll go and go on to her. You know, and she she felt that impatient. And I think at times, um, and I know we've all felt this. You know, man, what's what's going on? What's happening? You know, am I not doing enough? Am I doing too little? You know, you, and then you start to question yourself. Um, but the good thing that you guys mentioned about patience is look, the Lord's got it under control. We just got to trust him. Mm-hmm. And so the second thing we have here, guys, is I wanted to notice with you, Caleb, I wanted to kind of a pass a question on here. You know, you know, we talk about kind of check marks for certain people, uh, things that we're looking for. And I know, Ben, we'll get to some things that you have here uh, with that, Ben. But I want to ask you, Caleb, what kind of in, in the marriage perspective, um, what made you, you know, obviously has a great wife in Kaylin, um, but, you know, obviously with everybody's not perfect, there were certain check marks that may have been filled when you saw her and may not have been filled. Um, so kind of kind of explain and walk us through 
uh, the, that process of when you guys were started dating? Yeah, again, again, going back to the, the idea of, you know, I think so often people think that they have to have every, you know, this checklist has to be completely checked off in order for me to marry this person. And I think if your mindset is that, then you're never going to get married yeah. because no one is ever going to completely check off every single checklist. But you also got to keep in mind, you're not going to check off every single, you know, box for everybody else too and so when you think about this idea of like this checklist of of who you uh, of these characteristics that you want i think the first thing that you have to do number one and then you you've kind of hit on this already first thing you have to do is make sure this checklist is for yourself you've got to make sure that you're living the right kind of life and i think in order to do that you can go to scripture and find these kinds of things and i think about if you go to galatians chapter five you know we talk about the fruit of the spirit and I think, you know, I, there's two biblical checklists I think you can pull out of scripture and they're already in list. The apostle Paul is one of the, I, he's one of, he's probably my favorite author to, to, to read about, um, to read in scripture because he's so plain and so simple yet it's so informative and it's so powerful. Um, and I think about what he said in Galatians five, when he's talking about the fruit of the spirit, he said, uh, he talks about, he says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, verse 23 gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. And so you want to talk about characteristics, you know, these are your characteristics right here. Yeah. And then all, when then we have to make sure, are we living according to these kinds of things? Do, am, am I loving? Am I joyful? Am I someone who, who is gentle? Do I have self-control? And you have to ask yourself, do, am I doing all of these things before you go out and say, start saying, Hey, you know, are you gentle? Are you loving? Are you joyful? All those things. You got to look at yourself first. Yeah. And then the, the second, uh, the second checklist is first Peter chapter one. Um, actually, I don't know why I said the apostle Paul Peter is the one who's writing, who's writing this. Um, but, <laughs> um, but Peter said in first Peter chapter, chapter one, he said, um, beginning, um, I'm in the wrong place. Let's go to second Peter chapter. Yeah. One. <laughs> Let's go to second Peter chapter one. <laughs> I have my bookmark in the wrong spot. Second Peter chapter one, beginning in verse five, Peter says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness and a brotherly kindness love um so we talk you know we talk about these kinds of things that we need to add to our lives well why well look at the next two verses verse eight for if these things are yours and abound you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ so you're going to abound in the knowledge of christ you're going to abound in all of these good things if you're if you you know check these things off in in your life of how you're going to live but then also look at verse nine for he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old from his old sins. You know, you won't you won't be able to for, you will for, you forget all those things that you've done in your past, all the sins and mistakes you've committed because you've committed your life to God, and you're putting these things in your life. And so, I think you need to make sure that this checklist, first and foremost, is for you, and that you look at things that are in the Bible, scriptural things that you can add to your life, um, and then you can start looking at people and saying, "Hey." This is something that we can work on. And to the point that you made, you know, it's not, you're not going to find like the absolute, just like the perfect person who checks off everything. Right. Yeah. But it's something that you continually work on together and you can see how compatible you are in this life. When you look at these kinds of things you need to work on in your Christian life and your spiritual life and see how they work on them and how you work on them and how you work on them together. And that's a true test of how really compatible you are. Um, see, you know, is this person humble enough to, to say, these are areas in my life that I, do, that I need to work on, that I need to improve upon. Right. Um, and you can, you can ask yourself, are they going to do it? And then also, am I going to improve on these things as well? I know, Ben, you had, and going, you know, you brought up some checklists there in Galatians. 
and Second Peter. I think Ben, that goes directly with uh, some of the things that you have talking about some some things that um, you know we as singles can kind of think about um, in terms of uh, finding a mate. Well, yeah, I mean, one thing you know, those are both great lists that Caleb brought brought forth. But you know, one thing I thought about as far as what to look for in, in a spouse, you know, I already mentioned that thing that um, the quote that you know my dad's always told me, you know, find that person who loves God more than they love you, and that kind of takes care of everything. Yeah, right? I think of that kind of the same thing along the line. You know, talking about you know Paul's writing right in First Timothy three when he's given the qualifications of you know elders and deacons, but also you know their wives there in um, was it verse. 11, right? Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderous, temperate, but then faithful in all things. Hmm. You know, that faithful in all things, I really think that is kind of encompasses everything. And while we're not, you know, the three of us aren't qualified to be, you know, elders, at least yet, you know, Lord willing, but I think it's something we always should strive for within our life. Yeah. And so with that, I think we should strive, we should find a spouse that is striving to, um, to meet those as well. If we truly are going to strive for those in ourselves. Yeah. And again, again, Paul's writing something, Caleb really led right into this, but Ephesians, you know, chapter five, talking about, you know, husbands loving your wife as Christ loved the church, but also, you know, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord, you know, but those things work together, right? Um, you know, if the husband is truly loving his wife as Christ loved the church, she'll have no problem submitting to him as she does to the Lord, but also vice versa. If she's submissive to him as God would have her to be, then he has no problem loving, or at least should, right? In right. Theory, if we're going with everything that scripture tells us. So again, I, I think, you know, and that's something that I didn't really focus on too much until recently. Cause you don't think, you know, you don't really think to check yourself very often, but I think the most important thing, and then, you know, Caleb really drove it home, but about making sure that you fit the list first. Yeah. And I think that's where, cause again, how can you expect anyone else to meet it? If you don't yourself, you know, do as I say, not as I do, it doesn't work. Yeah. So I think that was really, especially there in first Timothy three, I thought that was um, something good for us. Cause that's something that we should strive to do and also find someone, a spouse that's striving to do those things as well. And preferably on their own uh, before they even meet you because they really know they're, they're serious about it. Right. Yeah. And here's a couple of things I kind of want to bounce off of you guys. Um, you, you know, Caleb, you know, you brought that list in second Peter um, when it talked about, you know, long suffering and variations of that was in Peter and in Galatians. One thing that, um, that my parents always taught me, and it's kind of a um, kind of litmus test. Um, they said, make sure, you know, when you start dating somebody or when you start talking to somebody or whatever, um, you know, when you guys start seeing each other for a while, see how they react when they're angry. Hmm. You know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, Hulk smash angry. You know, but see what happens when, when, what, what happens when you do something they don't like, you know, what happens when you disagree, you know, what happened? Because, you know, the thing that my dad always says, he said, you know, after you say I do, it doesn't mean the person changed. You're, you're marrying the same person that you were dating. And so the people's true colors really will come out. And so, you know, I think that's kind of a, a nice little hint for all the single people out there. Like just, you know, kind of, and even the Bible says, test the waters because, you know, you never know, you know, how things are. And like Ben said, you know, once, once you say I do, you're locked down until, you know, something, something happens there. But also as well, when we talk about standards, uh, I think something that singles don't uh, talk about a lot is sometimes standards change in a good way though, as you grow older, you know, obviously to be honest, growing up, it was more, you're more, uh, 
especially being guys, you're more physically drawn to somebody growing up. But as you, you know, and you guys can attest to this, as you start to, to, um, to grow and responsibilities uh, start to lay on you, that the physical is there, but you really want someone that's actually kind, that's actually sweet, that's actually long-suffering. Because now if they're not, then they become that burden on you too, plus the responsibilities that you have. And you know, the Lord has made us the heads of the household. So I think also as you grow, and that's where patience comes in, you know, as you grow, you'll start to see, okay, this is, the physical is important, but she's got to meet these standards because life is hard. And if, if she's out here wilding out, you know, and she's going to be more of a burden than a help to my life. And I think that goes exactly with what you guys uh, just mentioned. You got anything to say? <laughs> well, I, I think a passage that comes to mind, I don't, I don't remember the, the specific one, but in the book of Proverbs, it talks about a contentious woman is as a continual. <laughs> Brother <right>? Mosier. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's important. And, and, and it's kind of silly as the illustration is it, it's true. You know, you find yourself the right kind of woman. She'll make your life a whole lot better. But if you settle for the wrong kind of person, she'll make your life miserable. And what, so what's it call it? The continual dripping. Yeah. Continual oh, dripping. dude, that's the worst. You know, you're in the <laughs> kitchen, dude. So when I got back from school, I had to, uh, I didn't have my bed set up yet. So I had to sleep downstairs by the kitchen. And obviously, you know, Gerald's upstairs chilling in his queen bed. Right. <laughs> hanging out i'm downstairs <laughs> i'm downstairs in my sleeping bag bro and so the water the water's not working so every time you turn the water off i'm talking about dude i'm up <laughs> one in the morning every i counted it like every four seconds <laughs> like, i wanted to kill that sink dude but the, it's kind of funny i think the lord kind of has a sense of humor because he's saying look physically you hate that you know those little nuances yeah he's saying look this girl if she's not the right type of girl, guess what she will be for your life? Hey, Caleb. Hey, Caleb. Hey, Ben. That continual over and over and over again. And that's why he correlates that woman to the Proverbs 31. This is, you notice in Proverbs 31, before even that woman meets somebody, look at all that work she's doing on her own. She's selling stuff. She's buying stuff. She's helping her household. She's helping her husband. She's doing all that stuff. And so just like with elders, with deacons, you know, you don't find, you don't give somebody a position and then hope they, they feel it because you gave them the position. Right. You put somebody in position that's already doing the work without the title. And I think that that matches with marriage. Don't put a girl in just because she says she wants to get married. Find someone that's actually doing the stuff that a married woman's actually doing. And then once she has that title, it's natural. Yeah. Well, the old adage is true. Actions speak louder than words. She can say, you know, she's the right kind of person and she wants to do this and that, but until she actually does it, it doesn't hold any any weight or value. So, yeah. And, and here's um, something else I want to mention. Here's, I know, uh, did you have any more of those, uh, the list of some things that a single should understand Ben before I go on? Uh, No, you're good. I I wanted to notice too. um, You know, we talked about this concept of being perfect. Uh, Remember in Psalm chapter 103, uh, I think it's verse number 14. If it's, if it's the right verse, let me make sure I got my right reference here. You know, sometimes we, we both kind of talked about the concept of, um, you know, giving somebody else a perfect checklist, but I'm not living right. Mm-hmm. You know, in Psalm 103, 14, remember, uh, he always talks about, you know, uh, 103. Yes. Uh, For he knoweth our frame and he remembers that we are just dust. And so I think it's a good perspective reminder that we're dust, not diamonds. You know, we, th- we want everybody to be, you know, pearly white. 
I call it, you know, with marriage, we want everybody to be a little Caesars hot and ready. You know, we want to, ready to go, right? Pick them up hot and ready, right? Five dollar little Caesars, right? But that's not how it is. <laughs> we talk about it, but look, guys, look, you're all dust anyway. You're not perfect. And even in Romans 3.23, what's it say? You know, for all have oh, sin. And so I think it's, it's kind of, it messes up your, your process if you think someone's going to come in and be this perfect Proverbs 31 woman. It's just, she's, she's not out there. But someone that's willing to develop into that, yes, she is out there. And I think that concept of, of waiting for somebody that you know is but dust, not a diamond, I think that kind of puts this girl back into reality. Anyway, I guess I'll go. Yeah, um, go for it. No, one, one thing. Uh, one thing I thought about too, Jordan. You kind of hit on it earlier, as far as um, you know, where you're at in your search for a relationship. You know, if it happens, it happens, or whatever. And I think that's where that's really the place you have to get if you're going to really accept these things we've been talking about. Because yeah. if you don't really, if you don't get to that place, and you know, maybe we we probably waited a little bit too late to get to that place. You know, if you will, but if we if we don't, you know, get to that place, that's when we make, you know, those, you know, rash decisions. Yeah. One thing I thought about as far as this relationship goes, you know, if, if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. Oh, that's good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're not, you know, if you're not, you know, can content and, and stable in, in your spiritual walk and in, in your life, then, you know, adding more stress to the situation is not going to do it. It's just like with, young married couples that might have some marriage problems and they have, you know, but they think a kid is going to, you know, having a child or another child is going to make things better. Well, adding more stress to an already stressful situation doesn't work. So I think that's where we really, really have to turn the, you know, the pointer back to us and, and really focus on that, you know, getting ourselves right and making sure we're living to that standard before we can ever expect uh, someone else to, we have to be content with, with, and we be content with what that is, you know, whenever it comes and it may or may not. Right. Well, and, and to your point, I think, and Jordan, you'll know who I'm talking about. I won't, I won't drop any names, but while we were in school, we knew somebody um, who was dating a girl at the time. Um, he's a, he's a good Christian guy, but she, she her, her faith was his faith in, in other words. And she, it was, she was relying on him. Um, and when they broke up, I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call her faithful today. Um, and so it's one of the things where you have to make sure that, you know, you're doing what you need to be doing, but that they're also doing what they need to be doing, that they're living the right kind of life, that they're able to survive on their own yeah. and that you're able to survive on your own. And that when you get together, that's when you can begin to help each other get to heaven because, you know, it's, it's the idea of, you know, I'm going to get to heaven and then I'm going to help my spouse get to heaven, but it can't be, we both, can't get to heaven without each other right if that makes sense yeah um, and the, yeah go on go on ben you're gonna no, say no, something. I, was no. gonna, I was just gonna bounce off of that too you know talking about you know your ultimate responsibility is to yourself mm-hmm. as far yeah. as your spiritual um being uh, your spiritual state um it's that's your ultimate responsibility so if you can't handle that responsibility on your own especially for us as, as guys uh we certainly don't need to take on any more Right. Um, yeah. I think, you know, like you said, that's a good, good point, Caleb. You know, you have to find that person that's, um, that's really trying to get themselves right in that sense. And so when both of you are doing that individually, that means you're coming together to do that 
to help each other, you know, not one pulling the other one along because that doesn't work either. Eventually it'll weigh you down and it'll put your own soul uh, in jeopardy right. if you let it go on long enough. So I think yeah. it's really important to find that person that's equally um, wanting to do those same things as you are. So that way you can both, I mean, life's hard, right? But so that's why you can get through it uh, together and not, you know, swimming upstream, you know, so to speak. Sure. Right. And I want to bring up this point too, because Caleb and Ben, sometimes people can um, misinterpret what we're saying. So some people can say, well, you just mentioned uh, Romans three twenty three, for we all have sin. So, you know, you're saying this person has to be perfect and you're not willing to help them along. You're not willing. To... All right. So let's kind of calm down for a second because people kind of go off on this rant. So <laughs> I'm going to bring up this story just because it'll, it'll relate in a minute. But Caleb, you remember when we used to hoot with Ben at camp? And that one year, he was, I mean, buckets. Every time we played. Uh, the one year. What is it? What is it? We hooped. <laughs> we hooped, right? He had buckets every time. So I started calling him Drano, yeah. right? People don't know. If you put Drano down, sink or whatever, it'll go right through. Perfect, right? <laughs> so you don't want this in your relationship. Because if you're giving over and you're giving the right stuff, right? You're spiritually giving. You're emotionally giving. Maybe in some cases you're financially giving, you're, you're giving and giving and giving and giving, which are we supposed to do that as Christians? Absolutely. But like you mentioned, Ben, a relationship is, uh, is, is two sided. So I give everything I've got. If you give everything you've got, but then I'm not even giving half, or even if I am getting half back from somebody, it's still, it's not enough. Cause like it mentioned, um, what Paul mentioned, look, you can't, you can't think it's going to work if one's stronger than the other. You know, it's not going to happen. So you don't want something to necessarily drain you because literally, like you talked about, Caleb, that can drain your faith to a level to where you're, you're literally, you feel depleted yeah. because you're not, you're not getting what you're giving out. Right. Yeah. I think you can get to a point to where, like you said, you give, you give so much to, to someone to where there's nothing left for you. Um, yeah. and like, like Ben said, your ultimate responsibility is, to yourself you can't get to the day to the day of judgment and say god i know i wasn't what i should be but i got this person to be what they needed to be so that's gonna be good enough for me right i'll take it no you've got it and 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 as hard as it is you know you've got you have to i guess you got to be selfish about your soul you know you've got to put your soul first and foremost um and when you do that you'll be you'll be able to help you'll be able to help other people um and you know pray to god ask for that help ask ask for that strength to, to help them be where they need to be yeah. And I think, you know, going along with what you guys are saying, kind of just to put um, kind of a bow on it to answer the question is our standard or is my standard too high? I think we answered it spiritually. It can't be, you know, it can't because all of us are trying to reach um, the level that Christ would, we're not going to get there. But if you find someone that's, I think the biggest thing guys is um, finding somebody that's moldable instead of saying perfect, Find someone that that's willing to to mold to what Christ has to say. You know, you think about uh, you know a sports team. There's always players um, that think they know everything, but there's also players that are very talented, but they're moldable, they're coachable, and so they're not perfect. You can take them somewhere. I think I think that's the thing about um, finding a mate. You're not going to find you know a perfect mate, but if you find someone that's willing to mold, stretch, do what the Lord wants her to do. You can work with that. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's not finding perfection, but progression. I think, um, you know, with that, you know, a lot of people just not necessarily even a relationship point, but as far as, you know, Christianity, 
You know, I think, well, God just requires perfection. Well, we know we can't, we're never going to be perfect. Right. People that go the other side and say, well, you know, you know, A for effort, right? Effort's everything. Well, that, we know that doesn't work too, right? God has standards <laughs> we have to hit. That's right. Um, but I think, and, and again, for, you know, to your point about like addressing the, the listeners, um, that's why I think first and foremost, we're pointing these fingers at ourselves. Yeah. We have to hold ourselves to these, these expectations before we could ever do something, uh, hold anybody else to that. Right. But, so it's not about perfection, but it's not about effort, but it's really about finding that person and, and my, you know, holding myself accountable to this too, but it's finding, it's having that effort that strives for perfection. Yeah. We will never get there, but we will do everything in our power to, to strive for that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think, you know, I think most people think that marriage is going to be something that's just perfect, you know, <laughs> but you know, obviously marriage, the, the concept of marriage in and of itself is perfect because yeah. obviously it came from God, Genesis 2 and verse 24. Um, but when you have two imperfect people coming together, obviously two imperfect people don't make a perfect marriage. Um, but you think about the fact that God knew that we were imperfect and then he gave us this concept of marriage anyway, obviously it's doable. It, yeah. it can happen. And so I think that's something, that's something important to think about that. It's not, it's, you can't, it's not to the point to where it just can't be done because nobody can be perfect, but you can have two people um, who can work at making it what it needs to be. Now, obviously some marriages are not what they should be. Um, and more often than not, you know, obviously not in all cases, um, but it's because God is not the foundation of that marriage. Um, you know, you, you have the, the illustration of the triangle, you know, and you have God at the top of the triangle and each person at either corner. Um, and, and Ben, you mentioned that your dad talked about um, if you love God or find someone that loves God more than they love you. Um, when you have two people that are pointed up in the right direction and they're going that way and they're loving God more than you, then what's going to happen as they go up, they're going to get closer to each other. Right. Um, and so, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Ephesians five is the greatest example of, of what true marriage really is. Um, and it shows, I think it shows us that when you have two imperfect people come together, they can make a marriage that is, that is great. Um, by being spiritually focused and by being individuals who are humble enough to understand that, yes, I am imperfect and I'm going to make mistakes and we're going to be, we're going to forgive each other or we're going to strive to do the best that we can to be the best that we can be and continue to move on in this life together and make heaven our goal. Yeah. So, you know, I hope we were able to answer the kind of the question of how um, you're not looking for perfection, but you want someone who actually, who loves the Lord. And I think that's, that's the biggest um, thing that we, we all kind of uh, hinted at. And so, you know, I want to thank Caleb and Ben for being on uh, the podcast. I know I want to do this again. Uh, we're thinking we're actually going to bring these, uh, the material and the, uh, the stuff to camp. Uh, so you'll kind of see us in the camp setting, uh, which would be pretty cool. Um, you know, I appreciate uh, Caleb, you know, for being on. You know, I know he's, he's been married for, what, two years now? Is it two years? Two, just over two years now. Ooh. Young boy, it's two years in it already. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it's so cool to see Kevin. You know, I've looked up to Kayla's marriage, and I'll give you some brownie points. You can talk about Kaylin because I know she's sitting right there. But <laughs> yeah, you know, my it's, wife it's is awesome. My wife is awesome. She's so- <laughs> <laughs> every the whole world heard that Kaylin. <laughs> but you know, it, it's so good to see them. Um, and I was glad when when Caleb said he was you know he was going to marry Kaylin, so I knew he was going to be in good hands. Uh, you know, also but with Ben, Ben's also been a uh, a pillar for me as well to show Ben's kind of like the perfect image of of patience and waiting for the right thing. You know, sometimes I can find myself being kind of impatient, but every time camp rolls around, you know, and we, and we talk about things, 
like, all right, you know, Ben's, Ben's holding it down. You know, Ben's doing the right thing. He's showing the, you know, he's showing me the right example of not kind of, not trying to push something, but, but wait on it. So uh, Ben's kind of been that pillar for me and you both have helped me uh, over the past couple of years. So I appreciate y'all boys. Um, so hopefully, you know, we can continue to do this again. Uh, Caleb, um, I want you to mention your podcast stuff again and your new kickstart thing, um, which I don't think our listeners know. So mention that. And then Ben, if you have any uh, social media um, or anything where people can add you, uh, you can go on after Caleb too. Yeah, I run the, I'm the host of the Transform Podcast. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, you can find us on any major podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher, anything like that. Um, and we do, we drop a new episode every Tuesday. Um, and then also every Friday, we drop like a five to seven minute episode. Um, usually we, we take one verse of scripture or a short passage of scripture and we kind of just exegete it and try to figure out what God would have us to do. Hopefully it can help kickstart our weekend um, with a spiritual focus on Christ. Um, but yeah, love to hear from you guys. Love to have you subscribe, like any pages and follow us uh, along in our journey. Well, um, you guys can look me up if you want on uh, Facebook um, by my name, Ben McDonald. Um, I don't really have any other cool podcast to talk about but, uh, <laughs> if you're ever uh in the st louis area or west of st louis um you can come worship with us at, at forestell our, our website www.forestellchurchofchrist.com uh, so you can check that out uh we got some good stuff on there now and you can reach out uh there i know these guys know our preacher there aaron he's more than willing to talk and help with anybody as well as our elders there but also if you want to reach out to me through facebook um that's certainly good too and especially even if you have any questions, um, we'll try and answer them as, as best we can um, going forward. So, And I'll make sure um, when I post this that both of them will be tagged and then you'll be able to see uh, both of their pages and you'll be able to see Caleb's podcast and everything as well there. Thank you guys so much. Hopefully uh, next Willem we'll have another guest on. So we look forward uh, to seeing you guys there. Thanks, guys.